It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. And one thing that I would say is a really good uh, guideline that people forget is to listen to what your child is interested in talking about and what they're interested in. And now here's the stars of our show... My mum and dad. G'day, this is Dr. Justin Coulson. I'm the author of six books about making families happy, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, my podcast partner, Mrs. Happy Families, Kylie. Well, Wednesday is a day that we usually will interview somebody, somebody who's done particularly awesome things in relation to parenting or um, children. And today, we're actually going to take a deep dive into the psychology of education with Susan Engel. And Justin, I know you're such a big fan of Susan's work. Yeah, I read her book a while ago. Susan is a psychology and education lecturer and researcher, and she wrote a book called The Hungry Mind. It's about how we can help our kids to be curious. Susan, welcome to the Happy Families podcast, seeing this is a show all about families. We'd love to know a little bit about yours. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if you're asking about the family I grew up in or the family that I raised. Uh, As I talk about in my book, The Hungry Mind, I grew up on a farm on the eastern end of Long Island in New York State. Um, And I had a lot of chance to roam around, to explore. Um, Maybe it's because of my age. At that time, children were encouraged to go out on their own. And uh, we were given a a lot of room to be bored, but also to to explore the world around us. yeah, so I had a pretty great childhood. It, it does kind of sound idyllic. I just spoke recently with Lenore Skenazi, who runs LetGrow.org and you know Free Range Kids, and, uh-huh. and just talked about the, the difference between what it was for you to grow up yeah. with this, let's just roam and, and maybe be a little bit bored and discover things for ourselves versus the constant pressured, we've got to go from here to there to there to there and, and children's lives being so monitored. Totally different world. It is a different world. Uh, that said, um, I now live in a different rural area in um, southwestern Massachusetts, um, and uh, my husband and I raised three sons. And because of where we lived or live, uh, our kids too had a lot of um, roaming around and free time. They didn't have the after-school activities that other people in with my kind of job and my kind of life uh, had at the time. Uh, they came home and we either lay around and ate candy and watched TV or they went outside and played and explored in the woods uh, and watched the animals and uh, got into trouble with one another. So actually my kids, the whole generation younger, had a fairly similar childhood. A comment that often comes to the mind of parents when they hear about children who aren't in scheduled appointments. You know, they're not going to swimming lessons and they're not going to piano lessons. They're not uh, involved in sport or music or art or drama or any of those things that kids have to be doing after school in 2020. Right. A lot of parents will say, but my children are missing out on opportunities. How do you respond to that? And this isn't a critique of your parenting. It's more a question of parents are trying to give their kids not only opportunity, it's not necessarily about moving them forward so that they can get into university or anything like that, but, but more, we know that these things are good for kids, right? It's good for social, it's good for physical, it's good for um, just learning and adapting and, and developing competence and skill. How, how do parents, do you think, balance this tension between letting the kids just have their childhood and having these structured activities that our research shows really good for them? Well, uh, I have a complicated answer. First of all, the question is opportunity for what? 
Uh, so you could want your child to have opportunities that will get them ahead in some external sense, like get them into the more challenging school or the more selective school or get them to go to university um, or in the long run, get them the better job, I suppose. Or you could think about opportunity as the opportunity to, to develop their thinking. Um, and I think one of the mistakes that, that people make everywhere, especially now in 2020, is the idea that if your child isn't doing something that an adult structured for them, they're not, uh, they're not progressing. They're not enriching their minds. They're not maximizing uh, they're not, their life. Yeah, that's a horrible term, actually, maximizing their life. Because I know. kids spontaneously are, maximize their lives on their own. Um, and uh, there are ways in which adults can and should be involved and guide their children and help their children have a rich life and a rich mental life. But giving them a lot of overly structured activities is not the best way to do it. So that's one thing I would say. Um, and I want to comment on your comment about the research shows that all those after-school activities are great for them. Well, yes and no. It's clear that children whose parents make an effort to show them interesting things or take them interesting places or have interesting conversations with them, something I write a lot about, um, or share experiences with them, those children really benefit. That's true. They do better in school. They have more developed interests, they're more able to achieve as they move on in their lives. But that's not the same as signing them up for 10 different activities. Um, so it all depends on what you think of as an opportunity. It's the Happy Families Podcast. Are screens creating tension at home? Tweens, Teens and Screens is a webinar to guide families to healthy, safe, super screen solutions. Buy today at happyfamilies.com.au slash shop. I'm always looking for new ways to stay connected with my children while giving them the opportunity to have the same level of freedom I enjoyed when I was their age. Oh, those were the days. The Space Talk Adventurer Watch has given our daughter the freedom that she craves while also giving us the peace of mind of knowing where she is via GPS location updates. And we can also easily check in with her via a phone call or a text message to her watch. Space Talk watches don't have access to social media, apps or any other internet services like mobile phones do. So you can feel good that you're providing them with a safe and secure device that lets kids be kids in a modern world. And that's why we love it. Available at major retailers and online at spacetalkwatch.com. In your book, The Hungry Mind, you talk about how in many cases the education system can rob our children of curiosity. Yeah. But before we talk about the book, I wonder, were you a curious student? Did you enjoy school? Uh, you know, I loved school and I, I was very lucky. But I have a new book coming out called The Intellectual Lives of Children and I start with an experience from, I often start with experiences from my own childhood, but I start with, with an experience from my own childhood. And it's about my mother's very spontaneous, natural, unstudied um, ability to, to encourage me to feed my interests and to pursue my interests and, and how powerful that was in my life. So I love school from the beginning. A part of it is for reasons that any any parent listening to your program will be familiar with if if it's easy for you to learn and if you read easily, two things that were true of me, it certainly makes school a lot nicer and more fun. So I had that going for me. And anybody who has more than one child knows what I'm talking about. One kid just finds it kind of easy. They pick up reading on their own. They, they can do the things that are asked of them. And so school, it, 
it can be a pleasure for them. For a kid who's extremely bright and extremely alive mentally, but who has some trouble, like learning to read or getting along in school, that's not always the case. But for me, school was easy um, and and fun. And I loved it. Uh, I loved learning new things. I loved uh, intellectual challenges. So that must be part of why I'm interested in studying that as a grown-up. That was something that was very important in, in my life. You mentioned that your mum... Uh, somehow managed to foster that love of learning that you had. Yeah. In your book, you say that by the time children are three, yeah, the ways in which their parents have talked to them have already shaped their intellectual futures. Yeah. Now, that, that's a big call. That's a really significant statement. Yeah. So there's a lot of evidence uh, to support that, uh, showing that children who hear a lot of talk at home, and by a lot of talk, I don't just mean a lot of words, although that's very important. So the number of words a child hears on a daily basis in the first three years turns out to be incredibly predictive of how they will do at school and how easily they will learn. Um, but there's more to it than that. Uh, the research shows that when children only hear language that is directed at managing them, you know, sit down, eat that, don't touch that, uh, it's less it's less of a benefit for them, even if they hear a lot of it, um, than parents who actually just converse with their children and converse around their children, whether it's talking about what they see out the bus window or what they see on their way to daycare or whether they talk about what the child is doing at that moment. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about uh, earlier today was how, how important it is for grown-ups, teachers, but also parents very much so, to genuinely enjoy those conversations, not to make them a project, um, but just to enjoy the fact that you have a kid who's fun to talk to. Um, and again, the research shows that parents who treat their children, who feel that their children are good conversational partners and really interact with them in that natural, fun, spontaneous way, they they do more of the things just naturally. You don't need any training. You don't need to read a book about it. You just need to allow yourself to like talking with your kid. And uh, people who do that, their children benefit from it because they hear a lot more of the language that will help them um, develop intellectually as they get older. This may seem like a, a silly question, but I know that there are some people who are going to hear what you've just said just now yeah. and mm -hmm. say, but, but what do I talk to my kids about? Like, my, my kids don't say anything back to me and I, sometimes my mind is in so many other places, I don't know what to talk to them about. How do you respond to, to that? What, what kind of tips or, or guides would you offer to a parent who's really genuinely wanting to talk more to their child about other stuff other than correction and direction but just isn't quite sure what to say? Well, uh, first of all, it's totally understandable that a parent would feel that way. And no parent who has a busy life, and what parent doesn't have a busy life, um, no parent can be chatting to their child all the time. And one of the problems with modern day kind of um, these high expectations about parenting is the sense that you're supposed to be this model parent all the time. No one is. As I said, I, I think I was a pretty good mom and I have three great kids, but when they were little, I was working like a dog and I had a very long commute and I had three kids. Um, and some of the time, as I said before, we were just watching TV together or lying around eating cookies. I mean, I can't tell you all the, the lazy, silly things we did together or not together. 
I would be on the phone or on my computer or rushing to make dinner and they were doing something else. So this does, the advice I'm giving isn't that parents have to be doing this all the time, but maybe notice whether at least once a day you have an exchange with your child that's fun and meaningful. And if you really can't, I mean, I'd be really shocked to hear any parent who has a, a fairly good relationship with their kid. And by that, they're fairly comfortable as moms and dads. I'd be shocked to find out there's nothing that they like to talk about. It could be what happened that day. It could be the disgusting, you know, pizza they bought by accident. It could be um, the scab on their knee. I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be something that interests both people. And one thing that I would say is a really good uh, guideline that people forget, and you've already mentioned it in your question to me, is to listen to what your child is interested in talking about and what they're interested in. Uh, what do they play with? What do they look at? What do they pay attention to? And ask them about it. It's fine just to ask your kid a few questions and then just to tell them what you really think or feel, to be totally genuine um, in your interactions. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our chat with Susan Engel. She is an education and psychology researcher as well as being the author of a fabulous book, The Hungry Mind. If you do enjoy the podcast, we'd love it if you could jump onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating and review. That helps other people to discover the podcast to make their families happy. And we've got a whole lot of resources to make your family happy as well. It's happyfamilies.com. That's where you find out about the Happy Families memberships. For as little as $12 a month, you can have a parenting expert literally in your pocket. That's me, uh, happyfamilies.com.au. Check out the membership there and all of the other resources. A big thank you to Justin Rulon from Bridge Media for producing the podcast and making it sound fabulous. And Craig Bruce, our executive producer, thanks for all of the uh, effort and ideas. More information is available at happyfamilies.com.au. We'll see you tomorrow. 